Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, folks, and welcome to Season 2 of Wisdom of Friends. And I'm really stoked to be introducing you to a very good friend of mine. His name is Brett Dupree. Brett is a professional speaker, transformational life coach, and a published author of Joyous Expansion, Unleash Your Passions to Lead an Inspired Life. He's also dedicated to helping other people let go of their fears and realize their dreams. You know how some entrepreneurs have big dreams and want to create a business? However, they let their fears and anxieties get in their way. Brett specializes in helping entrepreneurs with social anxiety change their relationship with the business from draining to amazing. In this episode, we talk about his own fears and how he overcame his fear of social anxiety to create a life by design. I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Brett Dupree. Good evening, uh, Brett. Uh, Welcome to the Wisdom of Friends show. I'm really excited and delighted that you took some time to uh, be on this uh, program And let me start off my first impressions of you. It was, I met you almost uh, three years ago. It was at the Kirkland Eclectics Toastmasters meeting. And you were one of my fellow speakers at this meeting. And uh, I heard you give the speech on joyous expansion and what it uh, takes to live a joyful uh, life. And I knew back then that you were a leader in the community and... uh, and when I was uh, looking at hosting a podcast show for season two, you were one of the uh, uh, names that came to mind. And I'm so glad that you took the time to be on this show. So thank you for uh, uh, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm really happy to be here. Great, Brett. So one of the ways that we kick off our show is by asking our guest a very simple question. And that is, what's your favorite quote or philosophy that you live by? And how have you applied it to your life? My favorite quote is, it's actually a little long. My favorite quote is by Jay Christomarty. It's not that you must be free from fear. The moment you try to free yourself from fear, you create a resistance against fear. Resistance in any form doesn't end fear. What is needed rather is running away or controlling or suppressing or any other resistance is understanding fear. That means watch it, learn about it, and come directly into contact with it. Well, I like that. And so... How have you applied it to your life? Well, tell us uh, an example of this quote that uh, has been uh, so influential for you. Uh, I know fear plays a big part in everybody's lives. So it seems like uh, this has really uh, hit a nerve for you. So tell us about uh, how did you uh, overcome fear in your own life? What I like about the quote, it doesn't mean I need to overcome fear because even try to overcome it would just invite more of it. It's more of along the line of recognizing that fear is out there and fear happens and to recognize when it happens and work through it, determining, A, is the fear good enough, such as there's a bear in my way? 
there's a bear in my way that fear being like uh that quote where it's like you know you don't even worry about fear it's not it's fear but nothing to be fear but fear itself or whatever if there's a bear in front of you well you better be afraid of that bear but at the same time if it's something like going to talk to a pretty girl it's to understand why that fear is there and so that quote just always reminds me that there's always a choice and I think choice is the ultimate freedom. And you recognize that you are always a choice. I like that. Choice is the ultimate freedom. And that's such a beautiful uh, metaphor right there. So uh, let me ask you this. And what I'm curious about is uh, I know looking at your bio that uh, you are a professional uh, speaker, a transformational life coach, and a published author of Joyce Expansion, which is about unleashing your passions to lead an inspired life. And uh, you really take pride in dedicating uh, yourself to helping people let go of their fears and realizing their dreams. So what I'm curious about, Brett, is how did this journey began for you? Did you always know that uh, you wanted to be a professional speaker and a coach? Uh, what's the story uh, behind that? No, I did not <laughs> always want to. I used to be afraid to talk to people, just random conversations and I have this speech where I talk about my social anxiety and the funny part about that is nothing I say in that speech is exaggeration. When someone used to wave in high, to wave at me when I was in high school, that used to provide fear and anxiety. And I would think about that instant for weeks. Uh, I used to look away from the keyboard just to talk with women online. And that was the last thing I ever thought I would ever like to do was to public speak. I still remember in high school. I had to give a 10-minute speech. All I had to do was talk for 10 minutes to pass. I spoke for two. And the idea that I'm doing this boggles my mind. Sometimes I just look back and think that thing I just did, such as walk into a class where I don't know anybody, was something where if I thought of going in the past, I would just walk back and forth and back and forth, and maybe it was a 20% chance that I'd actually go inside. The thing that changed me forever was it's actually very simple i turned 26 and in my brain i was closer to 30 than i was 20 and i started to freak out i did not like who i was as a person i didn't like the fact that i couldn't talk to girls and i like to emphasize that because that was my main impetus into becoming into professional personal development and life coaching and all that fun stuff i decided i'm a researcher some people are doers. Some people do action. I'm like, I want to go to that thing, so I better research everything I can. And the first thing I wanted to fix is I wanted to talk to girls. I want to be able to go up to them and say some smooth moves and do some lines and take them home, go on dates. And so I read everything there was about pickup. I discovered that secret society of pickup artists, the people, mystery, real social dynamics, the game by Neil Strauss, all that silly stuff. And they talked about two things, inner game and outer game. Outer game is the typical stuff you think of, like peacocking, where you just wear like a stupid big clock or a stupid hat that gets someone to go, why are you wearing that? So the person comes up and talks to you and all these weird rules, you fake it until you make it. And that sounded exhausting, especially if I became a different person to date someone then I'd have to be that different person for the rest of my life. Like if I talk to some girl with a British accent, I'm at the fake a British accent. If I want a relationship with her, that's, that's not, <laughs> that's ridiculous. 
But they talked about something that really struck a chord with me, which was inner game. And the idea of inner game was you just become a natural, a natural person who just attracts women and makes it so they just want to be around you. And that excited me. And I started listening more and more of the inner game pickup artists. But they mentioned, if you really want to work on your inner game, you got to listen to Tony Robbins. It's like, fine, I'll listen to Mr. Infomercial. <laughs> and so I started picking up Tony Robbins and stuff. And wow, that stuff just lit a fire in me. And Tony Robbins like, well, you got to pick up this cat named Wayne Dyer. And Wayne Dyer is like, my buddy's Deepak Chopra. And Deepak Chopra is like the law of attraction. You should check out The Secret. So I checked out The Secret. And then, then I started checking out Michael Bernard Beckwith, Mike Dooley, and all the people in The Secret. And honestly, I just became hooked. And this dedicated my life to working on me. And finally, someone, I was, to date myself how old I am, I was writing a blog on this on MySpace. So only my friends could see it. But at the same time, I hate journaling. Because that just feels like it's just for me. But like maybe I could just get it out there as a way to help. And one of my friends is, you should check out life coaching. And then I thought, wow, I could take something that's becoming my passion and make it my job. And that is exciting. Wow, that's such an incredible uh, story, Brett. So it seems like when you turned 26, it was a turning point for you because... uh one of the driving motivators for you was to go and uh, talk to girls and there was a social anxiety component to it that was kind of like being in the way, if you will. And then, and you are a researcher by choice. You like to uh, research all different uh, modalities and professions. And, and that's how you got into uh, the pickup uh, underground uh, uh, social dynamics of it and uh, yeah there is a book I know the, called The Game by Neil Strauss which is uh, an underground bestseller and uh, so you went on to uh, discover Tony Robbins and then some of the personal development uh, uh, gurus in that industry and uh, Wayne Dyer and, uh, and uh, Dr. Deepak Chopra and all that uh, self-help personal growth led you to uh, really understand and kind of like start developing your own expertise in this area. And that's how the journey for you to become a life coach began. Is that uh, kind of like a good yeah. wrap up? That's a good wrap up. No, that's yeah, that's, uh, that's so great. And I think uh, it's, it's so true for all of us that, you know, it's a need that we're trying to meet for our own self. And we kind of go ahead and discover a solution for us. And in that process, you know, we develop unconsciously a sense of, uh, expertise and that becomes one of our strengths and that's something that we can start helping others do that so i think that's such a great uh, analogy that you shared with us so the other question that i'm curious about brett is uh, a little bit about walking down the memory lane here uh what did your parents do and how did that uh, influence you and shape uh, your life my parents were young my mom was 15 when I was born and my dad was 17. And so they didn't really do much. I grew up in a very poor family. I still remember we only went to the food bank once and I thought it was the most amazing thing ever, but they were kind of embarrassed, but I thought free food. Awesome. My dad mostly worked uh, various jobs and sometimes stayed at home. My mom worked various jobs and then went into the army and that's when all the 
issues happened that actually spawned my social anxiety, which is my mom's abandonment of me. And when my mom abandoned me, that was pretty much the defining moment of my life. Pretty much. I was one of the happiest, most outgoing people you'd ever meet as a child. I, we moved around a lot, but it didn't bother me because no matter where I went, I made friends because I believed everybody loved me. And that was just the type of kid I was. It didn't even enter my mind that no one didn't like me. In fact, I remember my sister being three years old, wanting attention and me thinking to myself, why are you acting? Why are you trying so hard? Attention just comes to you. Mm. And so when that happened, that just, that changed my whole personality and this caused me to shut down. So I guess not exactly jobs, but that was the most effective way. But they're exactly opposite people. My dad is one of the most outgoing, nice people you'll ever meet. He's just the type of person who makes friends, but he's also a really buff black guy. And so at the same time, you still have to deal with the fact that he's the nicest person I ever met, but all the white friends that I have are still kind of afraid of him because he was buff, like huge. Like people thought he was scary, but I never thought he was scary. He's my dad. He's really mm-hmm. the nicest guy I ever met. And my mom's was, um, who I was actually a mama's boy before the thing happened. She is a, how do I put this kind of like a worrier? Mm-hmm. She worried about everything. Wow. So that must have really been uh, really tough uh, for you growing up, having uh, having gone through that a little bit of a uh, situation uh, growing up. So uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you tell us about that story during one of your speeches uh, where you also got into NLP and uh, that made a little bit of a difference for you. Could you share a little bit about that as to how NLP and uh, I also believe hypnosis played a part in uh, overcoming some of your challenges and anxieties. Yeah, uh, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, is one of the things I got obsessed with. I got everything I could from Richard Bandler, who I absolutely love listening to. He has He's such a great storyteller, and I just love the non, just the crass way he speaks. It's, it makes it very interesting and fun and just great uh, the thing that really helped me the most which i think is one of the most interesting thing is the idea of anchoring where you take powerful emotions and you anchor it and one thing that richard bandler talked about was stacking those emotions which is one reason why if you watch me speak if you watch me before i always tap my chest twice it's kind of a double firing the anchoring and make me think of bam bam psh bam, bam, because we will rock you. It's just a way to pump yourself up to speak. Yes. And so I learned how to stack anchors. And my desire, one of my biggest desires was I wanted to be a passionate speaker. I want to be the type of speaker that you get up there and fill the crowd with so much energy and have a lot of fun. And I did not want to be what I called a Toastmaster speaker. When I first joined, a lot of times, especially when I would go to the melees or stuff, or the now I realize the more newer speakers who got up there, because in my mind, I just thought they were there forever because they were way better than I was. But they would talk like this and have a lot of pauses as if they're trying to speak. But that's not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be passionate. But the problem was I wasn't. It was really hard for me to feel passionate because I shut down my emotions. My mom abandoned me. Mm. I just 
didn't want to feel anything and you don't want to feel fear. You don't want to feel sadness. Well, what guess what you also can't feel joy. You can't feel passion. Yeah. And so I wanted I had to train myself. And the one way I trained myself was to just go through those tapes and go through the hypnosis and think of those amazing, fun, exciting memories and then anger them on my chest and do the thing where you're like, you th- find where the emotion is and you spin it the way he cheat, he treats, he teaches in his book, uh, live the life you want or whatever it is, whatever that book was and keep on spinning and then add it to this mega wheel of emotions and keep on doing that keep on doing that. And I worked on it and I worked on it. And the most amazing thing happened to me that I never thought possible. Mm. After a while, I started enjoying to speak and this, the rush of getting up there and the excitement and just utilizing the NLP properties took me, one of my biggest fears used to be about public speaking. My first like four or five years at Toastmasters, it was more of something I did as a means to an end. I wanted to help people. I, I kept on thinking of my why. Why do I want to speak? But then I'd fire that anchor and then bam. I mean, even got so good at it that I remember after one speech, this guy came up to me and was like, I'm a debate coach. I've been a debate coach for 20 years. And you have the one thing that you cannot teach, passion. Hmm. Which, of course, I thought, well, I had to teach myself to do that. So if you want to learn, I'm right here. <laughs> now, that's so great. And uh, for those of us listening, uh, you can uh, go to uh, uh, Brett's uh, website. It's called joyceexpansion.com. And you'll see uh, clips, uh, video clips of uh, Brett speaking. He's indeed a passionate speaker. And you can also hire him to uh, speak at your events. Uh and he's also a published author, and I want to get to that in a uh, second year. So uh, one of the things, uh, Brett, I'm also curious about is, did you, uh, who were your mentors growing up, and uh, uh, were there any celebrities that uh, you looked up to or you wanted to emulate, or who influenced you as a child? Well, my father did. The way to treat people, no matter where we went or who we talked to, we always treated them with respect and treated them with, as a friend. Waiters, retailers, coffee people, no matter what, he always treated people well. And so in my mind, I just thought, that's the way you should treat people. Everyone, you should treat everyone as your friend, even though I was afraid to talk to them. My uncle was a big influence, but that was mostly getting me into fantasy and comics and stuff like that. Came to celebrities. One of my favorite was Mike Singletary. He was a linebacker for the Chicago Bears. And I really enjoyed his professionalism but the fact that he also was brutal out there he was just one of the people i would look up to cool uh so i understand you're a fan of miami dolphins is that correct um yeah i'm i'm a little bit obsessed with the <laughs> miami dolphins great uh so having gone through uh the ebb and flow of life brett and uh, having had all these challenges and uh, figured out a way on your own to deal with those and overcome those challenges uh taking on uh, programs like nlp and hypnosis and reading books from different authors and uh, studying their uh, programs and courses of studies and so what would you say at this point uh, when you look at life What's your definition of success, and how would you define greatness? Hmm. Honestly, I think success is having food on your table, friends around you, and not worrying about the next day for food around you, food on your table and friends around you. 
the connections we have is success. Surrounding myself with amazing people make me feel successful. And the more successful that one gets, the more amazing people you get to surround yourself with. And greatness. Honestly, I think that's up to everybody individually. I can't, I guess, living up to your ideal life, whatever you think it is. If your ideal life is just to be on a beach and bum off people and just live freedom, that's greatness because that's, I mean, if you can pull that off, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> At the same time, it's not for me, uh, or being an amazing accountant or it's, what, it's whatever you really want to do and waking up every morning being excited to do it. If you can create a life that you're excited to live, I think that's great. I like that. It's uh, So what I'm hearing about success is like having surrounding yourself with people that uh, you enjoy being with and greatness is living a life of your uh, that makes you happy, essentially. And that is uh, something that uh, your highest version of yourself, if you will. And if that means becoming an accountant or that means uh, being on a beach and uh, just hanging out there, yeah, whatever that is that speaks to you, that seems like what your definition of greatness is. is yeah, that, basically. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I'm very into it. I don't really believe in absolutes. No, as you said, I mean, it uh, varies from person to person and uh, differs for uh, different people. So my next question to you, uh, and we're going to switch gears here, and this is where we uh, address some of the questions we've gotten from our audience. So one of the questions that I have for you, Brett, is what stops people, in your opinion, from achieving their fullest potential? Fear. A lot of it's just fear. The, And it's basically, I always think fear is just pretty much, no matter what, it's the fear of death. Because if you go down the fear train, what's the final thing? It's always death. But it's just the uncertainty, the not believing I can do it, and then the negative self-talk. And it's always self. The mindset. There's nothing more important than mindset. If you have the right mindset, you are going to keep on going no matter what happens. If you don't have the right mindset, the little pebble is going to knock you off your path. So it's all about the mindset. Your mindset aligned with your desires, you can move mountains. I couldn't agree more. I think uh, fear is definitely one of the greatest obstacles that stops uh, individuals from achieving their fullest potential. And it all starts with, as you said, the inner game, having your mindset in the right uh, on the right track, so that uh, you are creating an empowering context that you uh, about your life and about the kind of work that you do and about the choices you make. So my question is, as a follow-up to that, is uh, having had, I know you do this coaching as your profession for helping people have incredible mindset shifts. What tools would you recommend and, in your opinion, has been most effective for people working on changing their mindset? Well, intention setting. You need to set your intention. What do you want in life? Where do you want to go? Because if you don't know where you want to go, there's really no point. It's like that story in Alice in Wonderland where Alice gets to a fork in the road and she asks the Cheshire Cat, which way do I go? And the Cheshire Cat's like, which way do you want to go? He's like, I don't know. And the Cheshire Cat replies, well, then it doesn't matter. I mean, without your setting your intention, you don't know where you want to go and what exactly what you want to do. And then it's visualization. 
You need to visualize, visualize yourself there. Visualize yourself doing it. Visualize yourself enjoying it. Visualizing yourself getting over your obstacles. Your brain is extremely smart, but it is not wise. It does not know the difference between something happening to you and you imagining it. So if you keep on imagining yourself living the life of your dreams, your brain is going to create the synaptic pattern of success. And then once you feel that intention, you do the action, that inspired action that gets you to the next step. And finally, of course, is celebration. Because when you celebrate the little things in your life, life is one big celebration. And a lot of times what happens, especially when I talk to my clients, they, I ask you, well, you're done with your goal. What are you going to do next? And people are like, well, I'm going to do my next goal. Well, that's great, but what, what are you going to do after that? Well, I'm going to find my next goal. What am I going to find my next goal? Well, that's just going to get tiring. You got to take a step and just got to take like a, a just, I don't know why that word's, you got to sit, step back. That's it. And celebrate yourself, celebrate yourself and celebrate your accomplishments. And my entire coaching practice is just based off the idea of intention, action, celebration and the continual application of intention, action, celebration. That's so great. And uh, I know that you got a course online that people can check out. It's called Unleash Your Passion in 10 Days. It's an online course. And, uh, that also, he also offers a program that uh, focuses on what he just shared, which is, uh, intention, action, and celebration. And there's another online course, uh, that Brett, I uh, should, uh, highly recommend that you check it out. It's about the emotion elation engine. It's really about, uh, uh, mastering your emotions and like, so letting emotions no longer hold you back. So that's so great, uh, Brett. And, My next question to you is, when you look at life now, uh, what would you say is the biggest lesson uh, you've learned about life that you would like to share with with our audience? The biggest lesson I've learned about life is it's just not that serious. That anytime you hold on to the negative and believe that the worst is going to happen, you're going to create it. And anytime you're worried about your biggest fears happening, that's what most of the time brings it about. In fact, something happened not too long ago that was just a reminder of that for me. That sometimes it's better just to deal with things earlier. I was having a problem with my car. And I am not a car person. I'm the type of person who knows I put the key in the ignition, hit the gas, and the car goes. But there's something wrong with my battery. Because my car just was like the... The radio would reset and the clock would reset and I had no idea what was going on, but there's part of me is like, I don't want to take it to the mechanic's office. Then it's going to cost me money. What if it's the electrical wire? And I was thinking those negative thoughts in my head, those negative thoughts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Of course, it was just getting scarier and scarier and scarier. And of course, and sometimes, yes, even the writer of joyous expansion can fall into the traps. I mean, that's there's, what we call being human, right? <laughs> exactly. There's a reason why we teach it. We're going through it. <laughs> and finally, after actually a Toastmaster meeting, I put my key in the ignition and nothing happens. So my worst fear just came alive. 
So I call roadside assistance, and I think to myself, oh, I probably need a new wire. I just got a new battery, so it's probably not that. It's probably something bigger, huger. And then he comes, and he's like, I don't know what's going on. And he just wiggles the cable that goes onto the battery. He's like, oh, this is loose. You're not getting a charge. Oh, well, what do I do? Well, you just buy a, a cap or a shim. So I went to AutoZone and bought one, asked the guy to put it on because I don't have any tools. And the whole thing cost me a dollar eighty-four. Mm. So here I am creating this huge number in my head that this is gonna cost me, and then bam. It was something easy. It was a dollar eighty-four, and if I dealt with it right away, when I first noticed a problem, I wouldn't have wasted ha- an hour on Saturday waiting in my car and then worrying about What's the worst thing going to happen? It's just another reminder that, you know what? Life's not that, it's not that serious. And most of the time, it's just better to do it now and that and not worry about it and not build something in your head. Not util, worry is utilizing your imagination incorrectly. And that day I was. Yes. And that's such a great reminder. And thank you for sharing that, Brett, because we as human beings uh, sometimes try to make life so significant when it can be just light and easy. And and it's, it's probably where the expression came from. It's making a mountain out of a molehill. And I think uh, the key here or the takeaway here is sometimes when we encounter situations like this, you just got to like take a deep breath and take a step back and uh, really evaluate to see what and rationalize and see is this really that big of a deal and can can it be handled uh, without getting stressed out? So I think that's such a beautiful reminder. Uh, here's a hypothetical uh, question, uh, Brett, is let's uh, say we got a time machine and, uh, you know, we could go back in time and talk to your young self, your 20-year-old self. What advice would you give Brett? Uh, at 20 years old? I'll pick up a Tony Robbins CD. Or actually, then it would be a cassette tape. <laughs> oh, man. The personal power series, I yeah, guess. <laughs> yeah, even though they probably they co- cost as much as my college education, which says more about how much college used to cost. <laughs> it cost me, what, 2000 Like $600 a quarter, was it? Ridiculous. But that would be the first thing that would tell me because about 20 is when I realized personal responsibility the fact that I'm responsible for everything in my life. Unfortunately, it took me six years to start putting that into action because the thought was just too big for me. And I didn't really know what to do with it. And to go back to my 20-year-old self and say, look, now you recognize the fact that you are responsible for every bad thought in your head and you're responsible for everything. And that between stimulus and response, there's space. And in that space, there's freedom and now you actually kind of understand that and really teach him what that means and then start this journey six years earlier so great excellent thank Thank you for sharing that i really liked also who's the super bowl winner so we can get some bets in (laughs) that's great i think if you had bet on new england patriots that would have been a safe bet (laughs) so definitely warn myself that the next 20 or so the next 20 years as a Dolphin fan is going to be very depressing. (laughs) Freaking Patriots. So let me ask you this. Uh, I know you're a voracious reader. You like to uh, uh, read a lot of books and give away books. So what's the best book that you've read or you have gifted to others 
or what uh, workshop or seminar that you would recommend? I recommend a lot of them depending on what you're looking at. The best One of the best ones for me was The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. That book pretty much got me over my anger towards women for not liking me for who I was instead of made me think of becoming the man who would attract the woman I want to be with. Because The Superior Man is about a, a man who works on himself to become better than he was the next day. Another book, especially if you're a type of person who blames, is anything by Brene Brown. She is absolutely amazing. I love her, especially listening to her audiobooks. Her first two, I can't think of the names off the, The Power of Vulnerability, I believe the name is one. And both of them are in like a workshop mode. And she's just a great speaker. It's almost like talking to a friend. And, and a weird one, if you're a spiritual junkie who loves metaphysics, is uh, spiritual enlight spiritual enlightenment is the darndest thing by Jed McKenna. That book changed my life because it made me think honest about what is spirituality, what it actually means, what it means to be enlightened, and it just got me really thinking about and questioning everything I was taught by Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and Abraham, Esther Hicks, and all that stuff, and exactly what it meant to me. And that was a powerful book in my life. And I don't even know if it's meant to be a joke or not, but it is a great book. Cool. And we'll, for the benefit of the audience, we'll include that in our show notes. Uh, the book that uh, Brett just recommended from Brené Brown, uh, the, the first one she wrote was Daring Greatly in 2012. Then it was uh, Gifts of Him, uh, I believe. Yeah, the gift, Gifts of Imperfection and the Power of Vulnerability. And uh, so, yeah, we'll definitely include all of that in our show notes. And uh, moving on to the next section, uh, Brett, of our Wisdom of Friends uh, show. This is called the Rapid Fire Round. And this is where I ask you a bunch of fun questions. It's the first response that comes to your mind. That's what you're sharing. Uh, again, if you want to elaborate on it, feel free to do so. But again, this is just a Rapid Fire Round. So, Brett, are you ready? Ready. Awesome. So, my first question to you is, what rock star has impressed you? Bon Jovi. Because he's wanted dead or alive. That's actually the first tape I ever bought with Slippery When Wet. And the weirdest part about that is it came with a a song list where it had the lyrics to every song. And I became obsessed with learning every song on John Bo- Jovi's Slippery When Wet. Which is funny because I was eight at the time. I didn't realize half the songs were about sex. But <laughs> And so that actually created this weird ability I have of I know so many songs by heart that I can just makes it so I have a very long karaoke list. Mm. It also helps in public speaking because it makes it easier for me to memorize my speeches. No, that's so great. Uh, So the next question is, uh, whose brain would you like to pick? Jesus. Mm. Whose brain would you like to have had? Benjamin Franklin. Hmm. He was a brilliant man and very inventive and a ladies' man. (laughs) And there's a great book uh, uh, by Walter Isaacson on uh, the biography of uh, Benjamin uh, Franklin that that a lot of people have recommended on this show. And it's something that uh, we can include it in our show notes as well. Actually, something that kind of helped me in Toastmasters. I heard someone talk about that, that one thing Benjamin Franklin would do was pick a virtue and every month he'd work on that. 
and I use that in my in Toastmasters. I pick an aspect of my speaking, and if no matter what I was doing, if I was evaluating, if I was doing table topics or speaking, I would work on that thing. If it's something simple like keeping my arms out and not putting them in the T-Rex motion or not saying um and ah uh, or pausing. That's so great. It's uh, I like that because, you know, you focus on one thing at a time. You kind of like get some proficiency in that and then you can move on to the next step. Because if you try to do a lot of things at the same time, you're not doing justice to either one of them. So that's it's like good, that deliberate practice you're talking about. Yes, it's the art of deliberate practice, which is identify an area of your life that you want to grow in, which is outside your comfort zone, and then uh, have some expert feedback and evaluations uh, from a mentor or a coach, and then uh, rinse and repeat, and then you kind of like, uh, you know, uh, keep working on those uh, areas, and pretty soon, in a short span of time, you can start seeing significant improvement in that area. So, Brett, the next question I have for you is, if you could be successful in another profession, which would you choose? Oh, I would just choose professional football player mm. because I was a mega football fan growing up, like obsessed. When I was eight years old, I got one of those football encyclopedia things that had talked about all the years and everything. At the end, it, had, it was really small print. And it had every record that was ever broken in the NFL. And I'm like, I want to know who has the most records. And so I went through each one and tallied it up. And that took weeks because they were small print. And it's talking about every record, the most interceptions in a quarter, the most receptions in a quarter. And turns out it's the Chicago Bears. Mm. Probably because they've been around since 1931 and, and not bad like the Cardinals, who have also been around since 1931. Well, here's another interesting question, uh, Brett. If you could be the lover of any person other than your girlfriend or wife, who would that be? Selma Hayek. Because mm. she's the most beautiful woman to ever exist. <laughs> and we'll include that in the show notes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> if you could only say one thing from your house, what would that be? Probably my computer. Because there's has everything on my hard drive that I need even a lot of things i need is on the cloud now huh but that's the first thing that came into my head okay all right the computer it is and the next question is if you could ask god one question what would that be would he have to answer why hmm and finally uh, one last question within this section, and this is, if you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? Buy my book, Joyous <laughs> Expansion, Unleash Your Passions to Lead an Inspired Life. All right, excellent. Uh, I like that. That uh, finishes a rapid-fire round, and then this is our final section, which we call it the wrap-up round. So one question I do have for you, Brett, is what's your current personal passion project that you're working on and what are you looking forward to in the next six months to a year from now? Well, one thing I'm working on is my second book uh, about building a business while having social anxiety. As last year, well, no, it was two years ago, now, almost two years ago, I went to this conference and they asked this question. This is a very simple exercise of things that used to be difficult but now are easy. And so I was just going through that. And the things that I'm most proud of were also the most simple. Like, talk to somebody. Not talk to someone and not worrying about it. 
talk to a female. And I thought to myself, well, I'm probably not the only person who just got inspired to do something and want to build their own business who's afraid of every aspect it takes to build a business. Mm. And that's one thing. Yeah, it's my passion project right now is working on my second book. That's so great. Have you thought of a title yet for that book or a working title or is it still something that you're contemplating at this point? I'm thinking maybe the anxious entrepreneur, uh, something then building it seven easy, seven steps to building or yeah, building a business through social anxiety. Excellent. Yeah. It sounds like it would be more interesting to people maybe, which is the enlightenment through beer, boobs and bacon. <laughs> well, uh, you definitely have some interesting ideas there, Brett, and I'm looking forward to uh, reading your next book. Uh, how can people uh, reach you, Brett? Uh, the best way to reach me is to look up my name, Brett Dupree. I dominate my search engine. Take that high school, Brett Dupree, high school, Auburn High, Auburn high School band coach and that golfer. Uh, www.joyousexpansion.com. I'm also on Facebook, which is Increase Your Joy is my business page. I'm also on the YouTubes at Joyous Expansion and Instagram at Joyous Expansion and Twitter as Joyous Expansion. All those are great ways to reach me. Also, you can email me at Brett Dupree at joyousexpansion.com. Excellent. And then uh, uh, one other question I have for you is, uh, what are three things you're grateful for in life today? Uh, number one, I'm grateful to be alive. It's been a pretty fun ride. I'm grateful for the fact that I have the ca- capability to learn and to improve myself. That everyone was wrong back in the day that brains are static. The fact that brains are malleable and we can keep on learning and keep on growing, that's amazing to me. And The fact that we can do that and I can keep on getting better and better. And that I have an amazing smile. That's great. Excellent. And we agree with that, Brett. You do indeed have a great smile. And I just want to acknowledge you uh, before we wrap it up is for a couple of things. One is that uh, you have a terrific uh, warm presence about you that makes people uh, very comfortable and uh, and just your energy is so uh, contagious because you make uh, people feel inspired about life. And it's so appropriate that your book is titled The Joyous Expansion because you indeed help expand the joy factor when you walk into a room. And and also the fact that, you know, you did not let life's challenges, be it abandonment uh, early on in life or the social anxiety that you went through, uh, stop you from becoming uh, this amazing human being that you are and letting going after your dreams and finding the tools that you needed to find and uh, go, reading books and uh, taking on courses. And it's such a amazing uh, example of what is possible regardless of the challenges that we face in life. So thank you for uh, showing us the way, Brett, uh, of what it means to uh, be a leader uh, in our Toastmasters community and also in the community that you're part of. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Great. Uh, And then uh, one final question, and this is how we uh, wrap up all our interviews, and that is, uh, why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends? Because Cal is an amazing interviewer, and he has a lot of amazing people on there. And you, the more you 
indoctrinate yourself with successful people and joyous sayings and joyous words, the more joyous your life is going to be. So listen to wisdom of friends and anything else that inspires you. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate that. And again, I uh, really uh, valued our time today on this call. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this uh, program. And for those of us listening, uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. And if you like what you heard, please share. Don't be shy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Cal Aras. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, theglobalcontribution.com. To your friends and colleagues, be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous episodes. This has been a Seven Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of the Wisdom of Friends.